I would say like in the very beginning, especially hiring our first clinical team in general, took a lot of convincing. Um, And it was really, I think, what sold them was our passion for what we saw needed to be improved and fixed that wasn't happening then in the industry and and convincing them that it's not a Medicaid, Medicare facility. It's not a blood bank that's going to a company. It's this high-end experience that they're going to see when they walk through the door and they hear the music and they notice that it's not this white clinical sort of sterile environment. It's blue and it's branded and it's fun. There's a great way to build a business that is poised to quickly disrupt a $130 billion industry. Take everything you've learned from building other businesses and apply it to your own business with your husband and name it Henry. That's the story, at least for Alexandria Ketchison, Chief Brand Officer for Henry, a groundbreaking mobile dentistry startup with a fleet of RVs that makes going to the dentist about as pleasant as it can be. From flat screens playing HBO to Netflix and noise-canceling headphones. Coming up, you'll hear why being comfortable with the uncomfortable is part of driving success, building a business with your spouse, holding each other accountable, and the challenge of turning that off at home, creating a team that values kindness, being exceptional and a good person, and acting like an owner, and how making dentistry more accessible could change the way people think of it. the Entreprenista podcast presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Alexandria, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So before you started, Henry, you were actually the director of partnerships at Drybar for seven years. And then you quit to launch your own business. I did. Was there a decisive moment and a reason why you made that decision? So I should preface this by saying the founder of Henry um, is my husband. (laughs) So um, his name's Justin Joffe. Um, We'd known each other for a long time prior to this idea of starting Henry together. Um, And so, you know, the decision really came from, number one, I had ultimately really cut my teeth at Drybar. It was such an incredible experience. It's such an amazing company. It's really like the unicorn in in beauty. Um, And so really understood the fundamentals of retail and certainly of just consumerism in general. Um, And so Justin was leaving his, you know, last venture and went on this long sabbatical to try and sort of find himself again. And in doing that, you know, before he had sort of gone away literally to Asia, he needed to get all these services done. So he was trying to find a doctor for his physical. He was trying to find a dentist, like trying to use up sort of all of his health insurance before he potentially could use lose it or have to go on to a carrier that might not provide as good of insurance um, and had a really difficult time doing that. Um, both of us did, in fact. So you would go on ZocDoc or you would, you know, sort of ask around like, you know, anybody that you could refer us to. And we sort of came up empty handed. Um, it felt like this very DIY sort of model. 
So that's really where the idea of Henry came along. And I think when we both started talking about it, the more I sort of slept on it, the more I'm like, this is the direction that I need to be going with my career. And this is the best next step for me. Um, so it's really sort of what brought the decision to to leave ultimately. It wasn't like I woke up one day and was like, I'm going to leave my job <laughs> and start a company with my husband. But the the seed was planted fairly early on. Um, and so about six months into it, when we were really ready to start, you know, taking that napkin idea and turning it into something real, that's when I started, you know, the transition out of Dry Bar and into Henry. And tell me more about Henry. How does it work? Yeah. So um, Henry is an on-site healthcare company. So basically, we have a fleet of mobile dental practices. We also have a brick and mortar. But the idea that Hen- that Henry derived from was that people aren't going to the dentist. And they're not going to the dentist primarily because of inconvenience. It's just – it's super inconvenient for people to go to the dentist today. They don't want to take time out of their busy weekends or away from their families. And they don't want to use their own sort of PTO to spend half a day to go to the dentist. It's a real problem, right? Um, so people are paying for dental insurance and they're not using it. And unlike primary – health insurance, whatever you don't use within dentistry, it's not going to roll over the next year, right? You get two free cleanings a year. So if you're not using those cleanings, they're they're gone at the end of the year. So we took a look at that and said, this model needs to change and we need to bring the dentist to the people at their workplace to make it not only more convenient, but we also are addressing the experience that people have in going to the dentist. We're trying to make it something that is approachable and isn't this scary environment. Um, so that's really how how it launched and how it got started. Um, so today we have five mobile practices, a brick and mortar. We've launched in Pennsylvania, um, and we're starting an additional launch into other states. That's awesome. And what year did you launch? Well, we saw our first patient in September of 2017. So we're still very new. We're about two years in. That's incredible growth for, for in such a short amount of time. Yeah, there's a need, you know. Um, so it starts with one client who says, yes, we'll, we'll bring Henry on site to service our employees. Word gets out from there. We have an amazing sales team as well. Um, and it's really around convenience. It's around not just providing your employees with, you know, health insurance, but it's taking it the next step and saying, we really care about your health. So not only are we going to provide you with really great insurance, we're going to take it and bring in a vetted vendor on site that can service all of your health needs. So your clients are corporations? Big corporations. So uh, Audible, Unilever, Merck, Jet.com, large employer groups that have – our sweet spot is around 1,000 employees per site. Um, but yeah, large employer groups that have national presence, we use those um, partnerships as, as a way for us to grow and scale. So when we're looking at other markets, we first go back to our current set of clients and go, okay, where do you have offices around the country? Um, and then we do some market research around the next market that we're looking at. So Atlanta, as an example, a lot of large employer groups, a lot of our current clients have presence there. So the next step is for us to do market research in Atlanta, identify where these sort of concentrations are of these um, big campuses, and then we go from there in our in our launch. 
I love this concept. You said you have a brick and mortar too. We have a brick and mortar. Is that for uh, your corporate clients or can anyone just walk right in? So it's for both. Um, So it's located in New Providence in New Jersey. um, And it was really built because our mobile practices can pretty much do everything that you can do at a regular dentist, right? We could we could pull teeth in our dental practices if we wanted to from a clinical perspective. But from an employee perspective, that's not exactly the experience that we want them to have. We're hyper aware that they're going to be right back at their desk after they leave Henry. So we wanted to build a place where they would have an opportunity to schedule their life around some of these more major procedures. We also need to have specialists for some of them as well. Um, so like a periodontist, an endodontist, an, or- an oral surgeon. Um, so not just sort of GPs within the dentistry. So we built a New Providence essentially to create this hub-and-spoke model. So our mobile practices would go on site to these large employer groups, and anybody that needs like additional, more elevated dental services needed, we can refer them right back to New Providence and really control still that patient experience inside of New Providence rather than referring them out to a specialist. Um, even though we have a Rolodex of specialists, we didn't exactly know what that experience was going to be like for our patients. We wanted to really make sure that we were able to control that, um, even for those extra services. And has there been any major learning lesson over the past two years from running this company? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think number one, people don't like to talk about oral health. People don't like to talk about going to the dentist. So there's a stigma around dentistry. So, you know, we we knew that early on, but I think even more so now um, to try and bring that to like the forefront of the conversation, it's a big challenge. Um, So we knew like, okay, if people aren't going to talk about their oral health, then let's get them to talk about the patient experience. Because if we can get them talking about that, then we know that word's going to spread. And if word spreads, then people are going to come in, they're going to come to the practice, they're going to take care of what they need to take care of while being in this really fun environment that they can go back to their colleagues and be like, oh my God, you have no idea. Like, I can't believe that that's a dental practice. And what is the experience like? Because I haven't done it yet, but I actually I'm very, very intrigued when I walk in what how is it different from going into the dentist aside from being walking into a mobile right truck? which is like even more so like <laughs> such a crazy thing so outside of our practice we have loud uh, speakers so we're playing really fun upbeat music so as a person walks up to the practice it sort of puts them at ease and knows that they're going into like you know like a non-sterile sort of environment. They're greeted by like a really upbeat entrepreneurial team. Um, We immediately sort of want to get out of the way, like their insurance, and we walk them through their insurance plan. So it's really around like creating the super frictionless experience too. Um, Each of our mobile practices have three operatories, um, and they all are equipped with flat screen TVs, HBO, Netflix, Bose noise-canceling headphones. So they can just basically sit back, pop on their favorite show, put on the noise-canceling headphones, not have to worry about having this, like, awkward, one-directional conversation with the dentist. Like, they're really able to take their mind off of what's happening in their mouth and really ultimately just enjoy being there. And what is the future of of Henry? Do you want to expand to more cities or go into different um, types of health? Yeah, no, really good question. Um, So the dental service industry is a $130 billion category. 
So there's still a lot more that we can do just in that vertical. Um, So, you know, the focus right now really is on expansion and providing access to healthcare um, for not only our our current clients who want national presence with Henry, um, but also to, you know, future employer groups, large and small. Um, and then additionally, you know, there's there's other areas like in the product category that we could get into. So there's a couple different sort of side shoots that we're looking at. But the main focus really is going to be within the dentistry space, within, you know, challenging the status quo, certainly around the patient experience, um, creating that accessibility that people clearly need um, and go from there. See where it takes us. Cool. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Um, what did you learn at Dry Bar that you were able to, I guess, apply to Henry? In one word, <laughs> brand. Like, honestly, I think Dry Bar's brand is incredible and so exceptional. Um, from everything, from calling it a dry bar and creating that bar feel, right? So you're not just sitting in a chair you know, staring at yourself in a mirror, you're bellied up to a bar, you're watching a show, you're being served, you know, a glass of champagne or tea or coffee, whatever you would like there, while you're having a stylist really cater to you. Um, so it's really around that, that the brand, the imagery of Dry Bar and the experience that they really presented to their clients. I wanted to transfer that over to Henry as much as I could, recognizing it's within healthcare, not beauty. But there's so much there um, that we actually were able to to pull from that Dry Bar experience and apply to Henry. So that's where the music comes into play. That's where, you know, the patient amenities come into play. That's where a lot of the copy and the imagery that we use for Henry comes into play. Um, Because I know how powerful that can be. What's your role in the business versus your husband? So I'm the chief brand officer. Um, So I oversee all brand and marketing initiatives. um, And he's the CEO. So he's really more the finance guy. He's the fundraising guy. You know, he he's the he's the person that's managing our balance sheet and our P&L and all of that fun stuff. Me, I'm, I'm a lot more left-brained, a lot more creative. Um, I'm the one that likes all the, the shiny, pretty things. <laughs> <laughs> and how big is your team now? Um, so Henry's up to 40 employees. Well, 45 technically as of today. Um, so yeah, so we're still pretty small, still still nimble, um, but large enough to where we can really take you know our, our key core uh, leadership team and really be able to expand quite a bit larger than we even are today. And since your business is two years old, who was your first hire and who's – what are the roles on the leadership team now? Yeah. So naturally, we needed a we needed a dentist, right? We were like, okay, let's start up this dental company, but we're not dentists. I'm not a dentist. Justin's not a dentist. <laughs> um, so we needed to fill the clinical role. Um, so our very first uh, hire, I would really consider him a partner, is Dr. Jeffrey Rappaport. So he's our he's our dental director. So Justin and I focused on brand experience, uh, getting that sort of first mobile facility up and running, um, where Jeff really handled all the clinical elements, like what we really needed to be in order to be a legitimate healthcare service provider. And what's it like working with your husband? Do you ever disagree? <laughs> I love it. I think I think we both love it. But I think, you know. Sometimes people look at this of like this sort of mom and pop shop, but in actuality, 
because we work together, it raises, and because we're married, it raises that bar that much higher on our output at Henry. Um, So we don't allow each other to sort of sit back and relax. We're both certainly holding each other equally accountable for our areas of the business to make sure that we're scaling and growing at the same pace. Um, The difficult thing is we kind of bring it home with us. You know, we talk about it a lot. Like Henry's our baby. We talk about it all the time. So um, while we both really wouldn't have it any other way, I think that the biggest challenge we face is turning that off and then also being able to focus on our relationship as well. How, do you have any tips for for anyone who's starting a business with with Man. their significant other? Yeah, or like to, a friend or yes. anything like that. Yeah, I think um, you have to set aside time to unplug. Um, it's so important for your mental and emotional health to have other ways to not only connect with each other, but just to ensure that you don't lose sight of life. Um, Starting a business can be all-consuming and probably should be all-consuming, at least for the first couple of years. Um, But with that being said, it doesn't mean that you have to work exceptionally long hours and, you know, Saturdays and Sundays and work seven days a week and, like, drive yourself to the ground because that's really not healthy. So making sure that you're really carving time out for each other and for yourself would be the advice, which I'm working on still today myself. (laughs) Great. Up next, the employees act like an owner and being accountable to your spouse slash business partner. You've accomplished a lot over the last two years of starting this business. What has been the the biggest hurdle uh, in getting things off the ground? Yeah. So in the very beginning, um, as we were taking it from like this napkin idea and now starting to source like, you know, who are our vendors going to be, right? Um, we immediately went to HHA, um, which is Heitler Houston Architects um, in the in Manhattan, um, to start to build out this mobile facility. Um, he's an amazing architect and he jumped on the idea. He's like, I've never done anything in the mobile space before. I'm I'm totally on board. Um, the next step from there was hiring top top talent, right? So finding our first dentist. Um, so at the time when we were running interviews to find our first dentist, we didn't have anything in hand. We didn't have we didn't even we didn't have a mobile practice, certainly, um, but we had a vision, and so it took a lot of meetings with our our first dentist, Dr. Rodriguez, who's still with us today, um, to really sell him on the vision and the dream with these digital renderings of what our practice looked like, and this idea of it's not Medicaid, Medicare. It's super high end. It's fully digital. Like it's best in class. It just happens to be on four wheels instead of four walls. And we're taking it directly to the employer groups. Um, So I would say like in the very beginning, especially hiring our first clinical team in general, took a lot of convincing. Um, And it was really, I think, what sold them was our passion for what we saw needed to be improved and fixed that wasn't happening then in the industry and and convincing them that it's not a Medicaid, Medicare facility. It's not a blood bank that's going to a company. It's this high-end experience that they're going to see when they walk through the door and they hear the music 
and they notice that it's not this white clinical sort of sterile environment. It's blue and it's branded and it's fun um, to like all these high-end patient amenities, even down to we spared no expense on the dental equipment specifically because not only do we want to create a great environment for our patients, we wanted to create a great environment for our team members because if they're in a dental practice that they're proud of and they're using like brand new machinery and these beautiful Italian leather massage featured dental chairs and they're they're showing people how to use an Apple remote to know how to use Apple TV and watch Netflix and HBO. They were so proud of that and they still are so proud of that. So that was the biggest thing. It was like – Forget everything that you think of when you think of mobile dentistry. Just just trust us. Trust in the vision. And we're going to be big. Like, we're, we're really going to get there. We had so much confidence then. Um, and they were like, okay, sign me up. But did a lot of people say no to you or were you – so convincing. So and you are convincing because you just sold me. <laughs> it wasn't just about them saying no to us. It was also about us saying no to the wrong people because some people just get stuck in their ways. It's natural, right? But we wanted visionaries. We wanted people that were like, you know what? I love being a dental hygienist. It's like my dream. But I'm so tired of working in these old school practices. Um, and and they were so many of them were looking for a company like Henry that that not only was challenging the status quo of dentistry, but had this brand behind it that they could be proud of and get behind and be like, yeah, I work for Henry. So it was a little bit of both, you know, um, and it still is today. We have a very strong vetting process for all of our clinical staff. In fact, all of our team members, especially our clinical staff, because the experience that our patient has when they come in to Henry is everything. It's what's going to make or break us. And I can speak on behalf of Justin and I in saying that we're never going to lose sight of that. That's always going to be the number one focus. What is the vetting process? So um, great question. Um, they go through a series of, of tests. Um, we also really evaluate their written and their verbal communication. We then go into more of a formal um, sort of physical process of where we bring them in and they we do like a trial run with them so that we can see what their chair side manner is, um, how confident they are with their using their instruments, um, how knowledgeable they are in their craft, whatever position they may be applying for, um, and ultimately like how well they're communicating that to us as their patient, their faux patient, um, and, and how they're treatment planning, honestly, and how they're presenting that. Um, all of those things really come into play when you're talking about great healthcare and great dentistry. They have to be able to do that and do it naturally and not do it in a way where it feels pushy, you know? How involved are you in this process at this point? So we meet every candidate before they're hired. Um, we're sort of like the final sign-off on that person. Um Justin and I, I think, rely quite a bit on our gut of, you know, can this person have a regular conversation with me? Are they a good person? We have very strong core values at Henry. Number one is be kind. Um, so they just have to be a very nice person. Um, and you have to get all the warm and fuzzies from them. Um, and 
that's about sort of the the process for us today because if we do any more, we're going to be a bottleneck. And we've trained, you know, our our director of talent and our talent manager, that's essentially like our our HR team, um, to really understand what the company values are um, so that they know who to look for very early on. And we don't necessarily go through a stream of candidates that we just know aren't going to be right for us. At what point did you create the company values? Early. Um, I would say like within our first month, it was almost like priority number five. <laughs> um, so they're not a plaque on the wall. They're truly what we live by. So I just talked about our first one, which is be kind. Um, you have to be a good person. We we don't have, you know, um, people that are dramatic. Like we, we just don't have time for it. We don't have patience for it. We need everybody to be respectful to one another, regardless of what your title is within the organization. The second one is be exceptional at what you do. It's one thing to be a nice person, but you also got to be good at what you do, right? Um, and you want to have to learn more and be curious about learning and want to be able to pay your learnings forward and, and know, okay, I'm going to take all of the best practices that I have from all of the dental offices that I've worked at, and I'm going to apply them to Henry and I'm going to leave the rest at the door. Um, so number two is be exceptional at what you do. And number three is act like an owner. We want everybody to look at their own practice or their own role or whatever it is that they do at Henry as it's their own. So act as if you actually own Henry because in actuality, you really do own that practice that you're that you're operating in because in the patient size, they don't know any different and nor should they, right? They should be coming into a place where the dentist is greeting them with so much excitement and care that they're like, oh, you know, you must be part owner because who else would treat me that way? So it's really about acting like an owner and owning it and just being generally excited about what you do. What types of questions do you ask in the interview process to determine whether or not someone is kind or entrepreneurial or exceptional? You know, I think we we run a fairly traditional early vetting process to be able to differentiate someone who's going to be great and someone who might not be so great. So it's really around talking about um, how they sort of internalize stress or how do they address conflict in the workplace or tell me about a time where you were given a point of feedback that maybe you didn't necessarily agree with or maybe you didn't actually see it that way or something where it wasn't like, oh, I, I know I just totally screwed up and, and this conversation's coming. But in a time where you didn't anticipate that conversation to come, how did you react to that? How did it make you feel, right? And then what did you do to turn it around? Um, so conversations like that really help us understand, number one, how someone works within an environment that that might be constantly changing as our mobile practice environments are. We're constantly going to different client sites. So how are they going to – are they going to thrive in that environment or are they going to feel a little bit out of their element there? Um, and then secondarily to that, you know, just sort of understanding like, you know, talk to me about – a relationship that you had with a dentist that you've worked with in the past that you thought was super, super um, strong and empowering and encouraging. And talk to me about a time where you may have worked with someone where it was the opposite, where you didn't feel motivated and you didn't feel excited to come into work. Um, and then we can sort of 
understand how aware they are, not only like personally aware, but just aware of their of the types of people that that they work well with. And you spoke a lot earlier about the importance of brand. Uh, when you were first developing the concept for Henry, how did you determine the name? Who helped? Did you work with an agency for the branding? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we came up with a name on our own, and honestly, we didn't have a runner-up. So it was Henry. Um, we did some sort of spitballing with our friends to see how they felt about it, and they were like, oh, that's kind of cool. We we knew we didn't want to name it something like, uh, I don't know, Dental Practice of New Jersey, right? We, we wanted it to have a personality. So Henry does that for us. Henry is the personality of the brand. It's approachable. It's fun. There's tons of connections between Henry and royalty, crowns and royalty, crowns and dentistry, um, and then just like a bunch of play on words when it comes with like Henry being the, you know, primary name for for a king. So there's there's just so much there for us to, to work with. Um, so it really has become this like super sort of personality of of the, you know, of of the brand, honestly, and of the company. Um, our logo has it's a crown, but it's actually an upside down molar. So it's really sort of the only tooth that you're going to see within any of our branding is just the Henry crown. And the the actual branding, did you work with an agency? How did you develop yeah. inside the colors? Um, and- yeah. So we worked with Hinterland um, and they phenomenal um, early on. So we knew we wanted Henry to look like a man's signature, like he was signing off on something, right? Like XO Henry, or I want to have a date with Henry. Um, So we wanted to create as much of that personalization as we could. And Hinterland took it and and ran with it and helped us design like the blue blue walls with the floss. Um, And, you know, like I said earlier, the, the crown icon, I mean, they were They've been a great partner of ours, and they've been with us since since we started. Great, great. And something that Stephanie and I like to do on the show is we like to surprise and delight our guests. So we actually have a surprise for you in the Entrepreneurs cool. to Swag Bag. And it's um, awesome. a present for you to just celebrate all of your achievements over the past Thank two years. You. And it might just send you to the dentist. So Ooh. if you want to take a look, it's in your Entrepreneurs to Swag Bag. <laughs> Baked by Melissa. Yes, yes. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. And then some notebooks and some entrepreneurista swag awesome. and our book that we wrote. Oh, great. I was going to read this, so I'm glad. <laughs> I know someone who's going to be eating those cupcakes later. <laughs> Up next, being accountable to your spouse slash business partner. You can connect with us at socialflyny.com and follow us on Instagram at entrepreneurs. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneurspodcast.com. I'm so impressed and amazed by how much progress you've made in just two years of, of starting Henry. What would you say contributed to how fast you were able to get things going? Yeah, so Henry really was 10 years in the making of Justin and I sort of cutting our teeth, if you will, pardon the pun, but um, in other businesses, you know, I really um, found my sort of professional self really at, at Dry Bar. And, you know, I had started with them in California when they had three locations and stayed with them 
as they were opening up their 100s. So that's a ton of learning and a ton of growth that they did. You know, and Justin had worked at, at you know, two companies prior to Henry, one in the educational learning space and the other one also in, in beauty retail. So um, both of us have, have certainly fallen on our face a few times, realize what's going to work, what's not going to work, not only in in building businesses, but also just in, in leadership style and knowing how to lead various types of people. You get a lot of you, you have a lot of f- decision fatigue when you're sitting at the helm every day, both micro and macro. And there are decisions that have a direct impact to everything within your organization or it can have a ripple effect that you didn't anticipate. So our growth really came from us being sort of seasoned operators and going, okay, I, I've I've been at this crossroads before. I want to make sure that I make the right decision this time. Um, and I think the the collective uh, understanding of that and then also using each other as sounding boards as we're making these really fundamental decisions for Henry is what has been able to support us in the growth and and in the the very fast growth that that we've had. You mentioned that you both have uh, very different roles within the company. Has there been a moment over the last two years where you disagreed on a direction or approach to take, and how did you handle it? Um, you know, so not necessarily like a fundamental disagreement. I think that um, <laughs> Justin's one of his uh, well-known quotes is, um, "Life is a marathon of sprints," and so. That naturally leads to setting a pace that may be slightly uncomfortable for some people within our organization, um, but not necessarily a bad thing. Um, certainly a, a positive thing in that we want to make sure that we're scaling at, 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 you know, going into markets at the right time. And we're certainly methodical about those decisions. I think the only thing that I would say to that is that we haven't necessarily disagreed certainly not on the direction of the company, but maybe about the when and the where is where I will maybe prefer to go back and ensure that our market analysis is is sound before we really start putting um, resources behind a market expansion. And what would you say is your leadership style? I have never had anyone ask me that question (laughs) before. Um. Open door, 100% open door. I encourage people to bring their ideas to the table. Um, I encourage open dialogue around something. I'm not the type of person that's going to get sort of overly protective about what it is that I own. And in fact, me winning is everyone winning and everyone winning is me winning. So I I want I, I encourage that big time um, because that's ultimately the culture that we also want to cultivate. Um, and then I would say secondarily to that, I have pretty high expectations for people. Um, and I oftentimes, I, I feel like I, everyone that I bring on, I, I see something in them, um, that they may not necessarily see is within them yet. Um, and I really, you know, I think that it's important for people to be comfortable in the uncomfortable because that's truly where professional growth is going to happen. I don't set unrealistic expectations for people, but I certainly will push those boundaries because I know that everybody that we've brought on at Henry can do it. 
It's just a matter of getting them to find the confidence within themselves to 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 show up there. I love, I love that. And as you're speaking about that, I'm definitely um, thinking about moments at Social Fly where I've definitely um, experienced those situations. And as a leader, you have to push and encourage people to do things that they've never done before and give them the reassurance that it's okay to try and totally. fail. Absolutely. And I think especially like within sort of within the millennials, right? They're they're fearful of that. They mm-hmm. think that, oh my God, if I try this and if she doesn't like it or God forbid it it doesn't work out, I'm a failure. And it's like, no, you're not a failure. You tried something you didn't work it didn't work out and you learned from it, right? You presented an idea and maybe we went an alternative route, but you learned from that. Um but I think that there and I and I get it. I mean I I have I feel the same way sometimes. It's like it's hard to put yourself out there. It's hard to put your ideas out there, especially in front of your peers or if you're having like a large meeting and there's 10 of you in the room. Like, you know, it's it's hard to raise your hand, but we encourage it um, because I think that people – the num- I feel the number one peop- thing that people really look for in a company that they want to grow with is – to have the opportunity to sit at the table, to know that their ideas matter and that their voice matters. Um, because I think everybody has um, a role to play there. You know, everybody really should be continuing to challenge, you know, the status quo of the industry of going like, hey, this isn't working that well. Like, let's try and find something that's that's going to work well. Um, so, yeah, we really encourage that at Henry. Great, great. And how would you say your life has changed uh, as a result of Henry? What is a typical day in the life like? Our life has been flipped upside down (laughs) since starting Henry. We used to live in the West Village. We didn't own a car. Um, But that was impossible when we were, you know, literally like wheels were hitting the ground. Uh, We used to park our uh, mobile practice in an RV park that was like in Jersey City. So it would have been impossible for us to continue to live in Manhattan yet operate a, a company that was based in New Jersey. Um, so we we became New Jerseyites, I guess that's what we're mm. called, New Jerseyites. But um, moved to New Jersey, bought a car. We now own a home. We live in the suburbs. We literally just built a white picket fence like two weeks ago. So yeah, we've (laughs) gone from like city folk to country folk, it feels like. But um, we live 10 minutes from our office. It has like totally changed our lives. And we bought a dog. So that's a big difference too. What kind of dog? She's a French bulldog. Her name's Chloe. Oh, so cute. Yeah. um, I do not suggest anyone starting a company or thinking of starting a company to also get a puppy at the same time. (laughs) I didn't know that at the time. Um, But I love her. And I think that in terms of work-life balance, she really helps sort of set the stage for that because she forces us to unplug and – take her out on walks and care for her. So she actually has really served a purpose in that regard. But I can totally relate. I just got a dog 10 months ago. Oh, what, what kind of dog do you ago? have? Six months ago. Uh, a Shih Tzu. Oh, yeah. awesome. So I bring her to work with me. and We have um, a rotation of like three small dogs in our office. I actually think dogs really help morale. Yeah, we're having a dog party at Social Fly if you want oh, to bring your dog so by. Cool. <laughs> I will try and convince Justin that we can have a dog day tomorrow, but (laughs) that probably won't happen. (laughs) Uh, Is there anything that more immediate that you're looking forward to happening with Henry? Yeah, we're uh, 
we're we have a lot of stuff coming up and and a lot of stuff on the boiler. So um, we're launching our our first at home whitening kit. It's called Royal Brightness. Nice. Um, it's been a pet project of mine for the last year. Um, so it is basically a LED mouthpiece, and you can you apply the product to your teeth. You pop it into your mouth. The LED light piece plugs into your mobile phone, so it just uses the battery power from your phone, and it can whiten your teeth three times faster than using a Crest White Strip because of the LED lights accelerating the peroxide. So we're launching that. Um, that is really exciting for us. It's sort of our, our step into the product category within dentistry. Um, and then we're also launching in Manhattan, um, and we're trying a new delivery model. It's called Henry in the Boardroom. So we, um, we've realized that although a lot of our clients with that we're targeting with our mobile practices, they have large corporate campuses. So there's no problem for us to park a 38-foot mobile practice on site. Now, driving that down Fifth Avenue of Manhattan or even in Philadelphia, like really dense cities, is impossible. But a lot of our employers that we work with or companies that we work with, they also have locations within these dense cities and they want to be able to service all of their sites and create um, sort of a, a national rollout for, with with Henry so that they can start providing the service to all of their employee base. So um, Henry in the boardroom is a dental pop-up. So we re-envision a boardroom. So you take sort of an average boardroom that is within their office. We pull out all the, the tables and the chairs, um, and we create this amazing, immersive Henry environment where we've taken all the great things about our mobile uh, practice, and we have put them into this boardroom environment. So we have a canopy, we have the Bose noise canceling headphones, we have iPads that feature H HBO and Netflix. So they're still able to get all of those patient perks. Um, we have a full retail wall. I mean, we've really thought through the nuts and bolts of this service because we, one, we saw that we needed to do it in order for us to reach those offices in the densities. But but two, we didn't want to spare any expense in the pop-up, just like we didn't spare any expense in the mobile practice, simply because it is a mobile practice. So whatever people are thinking that that mobile practice might look like, we need to show them that this is anything but, right? Um, and it's super high-end. And we wanted to take that same high-end look and feel and bring it over into the boardroom so that people would walk in and be like, oh my God, this is our boardroom? Like, how did you do this, right? And really feel like they're actually walking into a Henry environment that we've created. That's so smart. I can't wait for you to roll that out. I can't Thank wait to you. see what that looks like. Yeah, and we we still do like full general dentistry. We bring in all of our digital scanners in there. So even if someone is interested in a service like Invisalign, it's something that we can do even in the boardroom setting. We can do professional whitening we can we can do restorative um we can do preventative i mean we can do all of the services in the boardroom as we can in our mobile practices so we're super excited so you'll be removing kind of all elements of the boardroom and kind of all elements of it. the boardroom yeah it'd be cool if you can like leave a few just to remind know, them just like to remind you're still them. in your <laughs> building <laughs> yeah, you're still in the building like you can work and you can do get your teeth cleaned yeah 
Um, I think there's like a cool, cool concept there. Um, do you take accept insurance? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so we're in network with all PPO uh, insurances. So all the big ones, Aetna, Cigna, MetLife, Delta Dental, you name it, we're in all of them. And I didn't just name all of them. Um, but we're also in network with Aetna uh, DMO as well. Um, but certainly in network with all PPO insurances. That's one of our big promises to the HR uh, benefits manager that we're talking to when when we're just starting the conversation of bringing Henry on site. Number one is continuity of care. Your employees are going to see the same clinical team every time we come on site because that continuity of care, the building of that relationship, super important. Number two is we're in network. So all the employees that are enrolled in your PPO insurance plan, they come to Henry. They are treated exactly as if they were to go to any dental practice. We're just saving them a lot of time in going to the dentist. So what would have taken them four hours to go to a dentist off-site is taking them one hour to come to Henry. So it increases productivity. Um, so those are those are the big promises to, to the employers. Um, so we're definitely a network. What advice would you give anyone who's just starting a business? Don't just believe that you have something. You kind of got to prove it out to yourself that you have something. So you have to do your research. So when you have created your idea and you're like, I think that could go somewhere. First step I would say is start asking your friends and family. Like, hey, here's here's this crazy idea that I have. I kind of think it's going to go somewhere. What What are your thoughts, right? Like, do you think it's something that I could do? And if the conversation flows easily with them and their eyes light up and they're they're like, yeah, like I could totally see you doing that, then great. But don't stop necessarily there. You got to continue to do your research. So what things that I would ask is number one, like what are you solving a problem, right? Like, is there actually a need for what you want to do or you just kind of think it's cool, right? So what what is it that you're solving? And, you know, who who is that audience going to be? What type of person are you trying to attract? Like, who's going to be your consumer, essentially? Um, and then from there, like, you really have to start to build out a business plan. Um, and then you get to go into the fun stuff of starting to raise money to you know, to get turn your idea into a reality. But I think in the beginning, some people just really react on gut instinct. And they're like, this is totally going to be like the best idea ever. And then they realize that either it's a super crowded space, and they're one of thousands, and you're trying to cut off a piece of a pie that's already just chewed up. Um, or there's just really not a huge need for what it is that they're doing. So um it doesn't end up working out. So I suggest certainly doing your research and making sure that it's an industry that you know a lot of that you know a lot about, ideally. And lastly, what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think women can and should do more in the workplace. I am a firm believer of that. And I have had some really amazing female mentors in my life, and I have learned so much from them. Being an entrepreneur is someone who's willing to take risks, someone who's willing to like go out there and live the life that they've dreamed of and, you know, start the company that they've always wanted to start. They're risk taker takers. And, you know, I think it's just someone who, you know, is just willing to to really um, 
teach others, you know, and inspire others and be someone that is willing to say to someone, I think your idea is really awesome or I think you have some work to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just an entrepreneur is a mentor and someone that's out there to help really encourage the young the young people ready to to get out into the workplace and apply for a job or start their own. Thank you for that. And where can everyone find and follow you? So um, I have a personal private I know, it's profile. private. I can, can get in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at Henry the Dentist is our handle for Instagram. Um, and Henry the Dentist across all platforms. We're not on Twitter, um, but that's where you can find everything in regards to all the fun stuff that has to do with Henry. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And thank you everyone for listening. This is the best business meeting we've ever had. (laughs) Thanks for listening. 